Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We just had the biggest fucking shit show when it comes down to our technical setup. I don't know what's going on. Nobody would even we've believe been, it. We've been recording from our bedroom like nonstop since this whole COVID-19 stuff. And then today, I don't know what's going on. Nothing's fucking working. I got to hustle to the office to try to go fucking find something to make this whole goddamn thing work i just so witnessed I'm gonna warn the real you guys, life macgyver by the I'm way i'm gonna warn you now <laughs> i'm gonna warn you now because normally i just sneak the shit in and you guys don't know i'm doing it i'm gonna smoke so much fucking weed during this whole thing <laughs> just so i can relax a fucking little bit yeah he needs to chill he needs to chill hey, two hours later yeah and exactly I feel, and i feel really bad starting off this episode like this because this is a really good important type of thing and i hope my you know weed fucking swear rant didn't ruin it but no, that's no. the current <laughs> that's the current state that i'm in right now so deal with it y'all everything will be fine hey everyone it's amanda and as mark said we've had quite a disaster on our hands tonight it is two hours past the time we were supposed to start this recording which means we would normally be ending here but here we are and we are very very grateful tonight for our very gracious and patient guest uh her name is Frances, and she's actually not a registered massage therapist she was on her way to becoming a registered massage therapist and is or was i should say a term two student at CCMH, the Canadian College of Massage and Hydrotherapy. If you are a massage therapist in Ontario, you've probably heard the news that the Ontario campuses um, announced, what was it, two days ago that they're closing? Wednesday morning. Wednesday so. morning. So what's say Today's Friday. Two day, Yeah. So two days ago, um, dropped like a bomb. The students, the staff, I don't think anybody was expecting this. And so we wanted to talk about it. Yeah, CCMH is one of those, if you don't know, for our listeners who are not in Ontario. So CCMH is uh, the Canadian College of Massage and Hydrotherapy, and it is a long-standing, you might even call it a legacy school. At least that's the way we've been referring to that. And there's another institute called uh, Sutherland Chan, and we've been calling them legacy schools in massage therapy in Ontario because they've been around for fucking ever. Well, and as, as continuing education providers, Mark and I see students from all over, not that there aren't great massage therapists from a number of different colleges, but we've always said CCMH was one of those schools where if you had got a student from CCMH, you just knew that they knew their shit. It was such a great school and everybody, even people who were not affiliated with CCMH or who didn't go there, everybody's kind of in shock and uh, feeling a little sad right now. And our guest, Frances, she has a lot to say because this is this is personally affecting her right now. Uh, so before we jump into anything, Francis, for anyone listening, can you give us an introduction about yourself, what you were doing before you went to massage school, how school was going, you know, just so our listeners get an idea of who we're talking to tonight. Sure. My name is Francis. Um, I'm at the Cambridge campus at CCMH in Cambridge. I live in Kitchener, so it's about a 10-minute drive for me to get to school. It's a very convenient location. Um, I'm in term two. I just started my second, third week this on Tuesday, and lecture and class went on as normal. 
And uh, Wednesday morning, we got the news uh, from our president CEO that the school was shutting down. So let's just back this up a little bit. So CCMH, this there's four terms, right? So there's yes. term one, term two, term three, term four, and it's it's four, it's sixteen months consecutively with no four month break in between. Right, and then you, isn't there another option where you can do it with like a summer break and it's twenty two months or something like that? Yes. Okay. When the whole lockdown COVID thing hit. Your school, what did you guys do? Did you switch to some sort of online format? We did. We we switched to an online format. The initial day, like the first day when um, it was the Friday on March 16th, and I got news from my dad because he was in the Philippines, and he says he's flying home. And I said, why are you doing that? The schools weren't even shut down yet. Nothing was shut down in Canada yet. And my dad was flying home from the Philippines. I went to school that morning, and I said, I just spent... 24 hours online trying to get my dad home on a flight, but the schools aren't shutting down yet, but the Philippines was ahead of us. And I said, it's going to ripple and it's going to shut out. It's going to shut down our school. Sunday afternoon, we got an email from, I believe it was from our campus director or from our school class representative that the school was not no longer proceeding with class in class and we're not allowed to go to school on Monday morning. So that was March 19th. And so there was there was a day there where we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what was happening. We were unorganized. Well, what I don't say it wasn't unorganized, but it was more of a what's next? How are we going to do this and what's going to happen? So like within, everybody else, right? Yeah. yeah so, and, and everybody else in the world. So, you know, long story short, you know, the whole ripple effect of COVID just hit our class. And, you know, on Monday morning, we're all like, what are we doing? How are we doing this? You know, there's a lot of questions and a lot of unknowns at that point. Um, I think it was by Monday night. Okay, we're going to do this online. We're going to meet online. Um, we started off with, I think it was Zoom calls or Skype calls. There was a lot of technical issues trying to work from home. Um, we know, know nothing people... about that. <laughs> I, I don't know. How do you mean? What... <laughs> you know, there was there was initial there was initial shock, like that whole initial shock, and uh, and CCMH decided to continue online with this, which, you know, I thought they're they're, they're doing the best with the situation that's been handed to them, and they accommodated us, and we've been continuing online. Um, and we, we were, our, our term one students were able to finish online with, with all the technical difficulties that we had and the, the Can I ask you a question about that? that? Mm-hmm. How, how are you guys handling the practical classes online? Like obviously the theory portion of the practical classes, I get it. All your science, all of your like anatomy, physiology, pathology, neurology, I get it online. What were you guys doing for practical hands-on stuff online? So for the first term, there's not, there's the massage therapy skills class where we actually do hands-on experience. We have to do an OP, an oral practical exam to be able to complete the program and, and do a speech and practice on a, on a, a co-student or a fellow student to be able to do the exam and say, yes, I can massage this. I know this technique. Um, and, and that was all done virtually without an actual body to work with. Okay. So it was all done online. It was actually, actually, actually quite amazing how they completed us to be able to finish the first term. Um, how term two, and because we had four courses running up until the end of April, um, term two, two and three, terms four. I honestly don't know how they finished and I don't know what their what the requirements are. However, the the plan was to return to school on June 15th and even the teachers, the faculty, everybody is in the direction of we'll support you, we'll we'll get you caught up. When did you guys get that date of June 
June 5th, did we just say 15? June 15th, when did, yeah. When did they give you that date? Like, that's when we're probably going to be back in school. Like, did they just pull that out of the that fucking sky? That was about two weeks before end of April. So about about mid-April. I couldn't give you a date. I didn't look that up. But it was it was about okay. the end of April where they said we, we anticipate a return on June 15th. And there was a schedule in place for every single term. Oh. And they had it organized and it was worked out. And June 15th is our expected return date. And that was so, optimistic. Yeah. Like that's so, really strange I mean, to me that they would even announce something like that. Like everywhere else is saying like we don't know if we're going to open, we don't know when and you have a school saying yeah, yeah this is the date. Like that's weird to me. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is very yeah, strange because we have people emailing us like every day saying what's going on with our courses and we just keep saying Ministry of Education we, yeah, same we have to thing. Wait. Like elementary schools they're done, high schools they're done. There's no going back. Colleges and, and universities that's 2 days ago and yeah. And most colleges and university they're doing everything virtual. They don't have anyone on campus i'm assuming except for staff members if they're doing shit in their office and stuff yeah and conducting yeah. classes so how can a private career college like that pick out a number from the air i am speculating but i'm putting pieces together okay. listening to you and listening to francis if two days ago is when the ministry of education said we're not reopening anything and two days ago they got this really mickey mouse letter that wasn't even on a letterhead wasn't even signed saying we're not reopening maybe they had all intent to reopen on june 15th and then once they realized that wasn't going to happen that was when it was like fuck it pull the plug okay yeah. well let's 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 hear let's hear what else sorry i keep cutting you off i apologize no problem yeah so the the intent was to return june 15th and the last word we had about that was that that initial email hey guys here's the program for the next you know, term one to finish and then term two to go ahead and let's finish term one. Once we finish term one, they had an agenda for us to return June 15th. And we started our term two on June, on May 4th with, um, so the term one students that graduated, which are finished term one, um, there is 17, I believe there's 17 or 18. There's one other one that joined for term two as well, um, that were affected by, by the, um, that were continuing on with the program term two students that had finished had planned to be off for the summer and return in August. And that was the plan. Um, the term four students that finished are finished, but they still have, you know, they still need to graduate and, you know, do the official OSCE prep and everything like that. Right. I don't mean to cut um, you off again, but I actually have heard from a couple of people now who know people that were in term four. Apparently yeah. they only had 20 hours remaining yeah. Yeah, to they had finish. Something like, they just got to finish clinic Ugh. and then do their OSCE prep, that type of thing. Horrible. Yeah. So I can't imagine the ripple effect that they're feeling right now. Um, and, and, and it's such a small amount to get them to finish. Um, but I, I can, I, I can just imagine what they're feeling. Um, there's no term one students at this point, right. term two students that were off for the summer had anticipated to return in August. Mm -hmm. Um, what's in place for them at this point, I have no idea or what the options are presented. I'm, I'm assuming they're all in the same boat as we are. Um, but the term two students that I'm in class with, you know, we have term two, term three and term four to finish off and the longer it's postponed the longer it's going to take for me to get my graduate my my, cert my certificate or diploma mm -hmm. okay well then let's jump into this francis like I, I said before you started this program like are you a mature student is was this like a second career for you what were you doing before massage um so i've i've i went to school and i'm not gonna deny my age i'm 38 years old 
Um, oh, you're, I, a kid. you're right in between me and Mark, so it's okay. <laughs> give me your give me your lunch money, kid. Um, so 19 years ago, I decided to go to a program for travel and tourism, and I decided to do that during 9/11. Um, and that's when 9/11 happened in 2001, and I was rippled by that effect because there was no airlines in the industry after I finished school. So mm-hmm. I was I've always been on the path where. I don't know what's next. I don't know where I'm going. I'm I'm taking the next opportunity. I'm taking what's handed to me. One door closes, another one opens. And I've always jumped to different opportunities. Um, and and this is just another opportunity. One door closes, another one opens, and something else will happen. But um, the direction that I've been in is I've worked from travel industry to customer service. I, my last job was working in a call center for insurance. Um, and I've been there with them for two years, just over two years before I decided, you know what, I need to do something different with my life. And I'm in the financial position to be able to go to school and not have to worry about an income for the next 16 months. I'm in a good financial position right now. I live on my own. I have a car, you know, I've, I've, I'm managing and I'm, I'm doing just fine. But but the fact that now I'm postponing my potential graduation and having to change schools and, you know, the options that are presented to us to to potentially go to Halifax, which is one of the campuses at CCMH, um, you know, it's a big it's a big change. And, and who knows what's next? No idea. Yeah. I, I, like I decided I want to go to school. I've I've wanted to be a massage therapist for 20 years. Like my first choice was travel and tourism. My second choice was massage therapy. And I actually I, I actually attended one of the orientation sessions at CCMH 20 years ago. And I don't think it was at the same location as it is as it is now. I can't remember where it was, but I I went to I remember going to an orientation session 20 years ago when I was looking at college options when I finished high school, and you know I said you know what I want to do the travel and tours of thing that's my thing to be a flight attendant. Um, long story short, that didn't happen, and I've just kind of been going on with whatever jobs are available, opportunities are available, and taking on shit jobs for minimum wage and and you know whatever, but. Um, I'm in a financial position now that I can actually go to school. I live on my own. I'm doing well. And, um, and now, now this, like I, you know, the tight, the budget was tight, but I was able to make it work for the next 16 months while I was in school full time. And then COVID hit. So now we're postponing it. And then this news drops. And I know that nobody was expecting it. As I said, I have other friends and colleagues who were either employees at CCMH or students or had, you know, kids who were students or whatever. Um, Can we talk about how you received the news? As you said, Tuesday, you had your online classes as usual. And then Wednesday morning, you wake up and talk to me about Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning was actually quite interesting because I had met a friend recently and he offered a Reiki treatment. I've never received Reiki. So that was Tuesday night. And I, you know, I honestly felt when I woke up in the morning, I was like awake. I felt light, you know, I felt light. I felt the weight off my shoulders and I felt really good about myself, you know, just spiritually, whatever Reiki treatment. And I I thought I'd try it out. So I'm waking up at seven in the morning. I'm like, I feel really good. Thanks very much for that Reiki treatment. And then at 7.35, I got an email from Tatum saying, sorry, Tatum is our campus director. Uh, yeah. sorry guys, it's, this is, this is the news we got right now. And it was an attachment PDF file and it was just, it was dry. 
it was, sorry, guys, we're shutting you down. We're shutting down Cambridge and Toronto effectively immediately. That's the one that's circulating around Facebook, right? Yes. Okay. And that's exactly what was on the news, on CT News as well. That didn't go to the students then. That went to the staff and the staff put it out to students? So that's why I don't know how it was directed. But it was a letter that was attached from Tatum, our campus director at Cambridge. I don't know how Toronto dealt with it, but I got the email from Tatum, our campus director, 7.35 in the morning. And I'm just looking at that letter. And and at first I was like, okay, this is not real. <laughs> um, and I and my first call was my mom. My mom's been my huge support through me going to school and stuff like that. Um, and my first call was mom, and she showed up at my door at eight fifteen, like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes later. <laughs> you know, she knows I was going to deal with this in a very different way. And I kept read, reading the letter and I looked at it again and again and again. And, and, you know, due to COVID, we are shutting down. There was nothing about a financial situation. There was nothing about what's next for us. There was nothing about, here, guys, here's your options. It was just basically a dry communication saying, we're shutting down. And there were so many questions going through my head. And I looked at the letter. And I'm like, there's no letterhead. It's not dated. There is no signature from the president CEO. And it was not designated. Like, it was an attachment letter from our campus director, and it was to me, it was like, you know, this is very dry, very unreal, very unprofessional. And um, you know, I don't know who the CEO is. I don't know who he is as a person, as a human being. But you know, a letter comes across, whether it comes across with letterhead, dated, signature, and designation, it comes across the same message came across, whether it came from him directly or not. Um, and the message came across as we're shutting down your school. You're, you're not going to school tomorrow <laughs> or today, you know? And, um, and I just, I, I was in shock and I think about 10 out of the 17 students in my class, all of a sudden we, we have like this group meeting going on. All of a sudden it was like immediately our, our class jumped online and we're like, what the hell is going on? What the fuck? You know? And we're all just in shock. We're in tears. We're in, you know, the initial stage of shock is just like what it, what's happening right now. <laughs> and it, and it was, it was frightening. It was frightening that, you know, I wasn't alone, but there was 17 other people that all have, you know, families, lives, they have a plan, they have a financial, you know, we were all in a position to be in this program. And now we're like, now what? And we had nothing. We had no communication um, till about a couple of hours later. And saying, guys, I, and and Tatum, she's been absolutely amazing through this whole process since since COVID started. Um, and she's been absolutely in great communication with us as much as she knows, as much as she can possibly give us information. And she communicates, guys. And I think it was an hour and a half, hour and a half later, guys. I know you have a billion questions right now. I'm trying to to deal with the colleges of universities of Ontario. I'm trying to deal with um, the the training completion assurance fund. I'm trying to deal with the government. I'm trying to deal with OS. She had a lot of phone calls to make, and we're all everybody was emailing her about what the hell is going on. And I think she definitely got overwhelmed. And she's been she's been absolutely amazing going through this and trying to communicate with us what what is essential for us to know at this point because we don't have the answers. Um, it's, it's frustrating, um, on her part, I can, I can just imagine her role. She doesn't have a job, you know, like all of a sudden, like all our staff, all our faculty, all our students, our students don't have the education, our faculty and our, our teachers don't have a job. So they're dealing with this in their own way as well. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak on their behalf on what they're going through emotionally and stuff like that. But at the same time, we're all in shock and it's like, okay, we're not alone. 
we're going to get through this. We'll figure something out. And, and I, I think at this point, it's out of the hands of CCMH and how our next direction is going. But um, we did have a meeting today with the training um, completion assurance fund, which is basically, I think, more of a um, like a protection for the universities if they go bankrupt in this case or colleges. And so we had a meeting with them online today at one o'clock about what we need to do next. And that was to submit basically a claim form uh, on the intention of, do I want to receive a refund from my tuition already paid, or do I want to continue my education and and be placed in another tuition uh, institution to where they can continue our education? That's the first step. So there's, there's the paperwork to submit the paperwork and to get into another school. And then they're going to say, okay, we're going to present you with options. And I don't know who that's going to come from. I don't know how they're going to present it. I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns at this point. Um, when I continue in my education or our education or when the term for, for grad students will be able to finish, you know, their completion without having to transfer to another school to do it all over again. Um, the the options that were presented to us um, was the CCMH campus in Halifax and two other schools locally in, in Kitchener. Um, and CCMH Halifax, I immediately thought, well, if you just sh- shut down two campuses, why would I go to Halifax if, if you've just shut down two campuses? What's to say you're not going to shut down the other school? You know, you can't also assume that the same person owns like it might not be that way at all. Yeah, I there don't think several, the same person. There owns are the several East career Coast. colleges that operate that way that are chains and they all have different owners. Right. Yeah. So it's like that's why I'm assuming BC and Halifax are OK. And Halifax is actually an interesting program anyway, because Halifax, they they do a hybrid online in class type of thing where you can take all the sciences and all the theory stuff online. And then, you you know, you go to the campus to do your hands on stuff in a shorter space of time like that. Yeah. From what I understand, CCMH runs the exact same program as we do in Cambridge and Toronto. Yeah. And one thing so that you, one thing that you'd want to anyone that's doing that, you what you'd really want to make sure is that. If you graduate from CCMH in, in Halifax, that that makes you eligible or allows you to be eligible to write the OSCE here. It actually does. Okay. CCMH in CCMH Halifax does, does allow because you to we come did back have to Ontario. Some, we did have someone in uh, on our podcast who was originally in Ontario, finished in Halifax. I don't remember the school that she finished at. It wasn't CCMH. Okay. And then she came back to Ontario and uh, the CMTO was like, sorry, like that's not on our list of schools that we approve yeah. for their out-of-province education education but amanda says ccmh yeah is ccmh on is on the list i mean obviously do your own due diligence yeah. but i <laughs> assume yeah. that yeah. is why they're presenting that as as one of the options yeah. to you because yeah. yeah you can stay with ccmh you can go to school in halifax and then you can still come back and do your oski here in ontario and and it's likely universal with the five provinces under the cmto which is five regulated provinces but it doesn't even though a province is regulated it doesn't it's, it's actually institution by institution not all schools oh, are okay. equal so yeah. that's what Mark was getting at is making sure that the school that you choose to go to, if it's out of province, that they are affiliated with the CMTO and that you'll be able to come back and do your board exams. Because just because the province is regulated, it yeah. actually has to be the school that has, um, I don't know what the terminology is here, because I also have the alcohol kicking in. Kicking in. <laughs> but as he said, we had somebody on the podcast that went to school in Nova Scotia. But Nova Scotia is not regulated. I think that was one of the things, right? It's because that school that she went to might have been recognized by 
by one of the associations in Nova Scotia, but yes. the school program and did they not gave Ontario and they gave College. her incorrect information. Exactly. She should have checked with the mm. CMT versus if she went to a yeah. regulated province. Then I think that I don't think that would be such an issue because then every school pretty much has to have the requirements for that particular college. So then you're almost matching college for college. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you go to another yeah. regulated province, then what's it, it's like the person we spoke to yesterday. You just have to come back and do like a jurisprudence yeah. exam. Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of unknowns at this point, and we're still being provided information when it's presented to us, and we'll have to make a decision based on what the options are. And, and there's a lot of questions about funding for for the extended period, you know, while I'm not able to get my license and, you know, the next four, not only the four months, but if there's a program that's running not consecutively terms two, three, and four, and there's a four-month break in between, I'm looking at a potential eight-month extension on what was originally going to be 16 months. And, right. you know, so I have to consider my options and what where to go next. So, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of question marks still. Um, just gut feeling. You know, you and I were talking a lot tonight while we were waiting <laughs> for the technical difficulties to end. And, you know, I know we had talked a little bit last night as well. Just mm-hmm. gut feeling. Where are you right now, Francis? Do you feel like you just want to continue, push forward, keep going with the education? Or are you possibly considering taking the refund and and reconsidering what your your next steps are. So the refund is available if if we don't choose a school by the options that are given to us. Right. Yeah. And we can do our own thing and we can do our own but then I'm on my own if I if I choose that option to say I want a refund. The problem with the refund and this is I, I think a little bit out of out of um what's the word I'm out of reach. I think it's a, a little bit ridiculous. But the refund it will take six months to twenty four months to get back the money for the tuition oh. that we've we haven't used. So this is one of the things on the contract is that if you choose the refund, it's going to take anywhere from six months to 24 months once they refer, receive the first claim submitted to the TCAF, which is the, the Training um, Com- Completion Assurance Fund. So the option is we're going to keep your money and we're going to put you in a school. If you don't like that option, we'll give you a refund, but it won't be for another two years. And the refund is um, not, the refund is on your full tuition or the refund is whatever's remaining? Whatever's remaining not, not used. So I've calculated for the tuition for because we uh, I, I personally have paid for terms one and two up front. Some people paid for term one and just paid for term two based on their OSAP agreement or their contract or w, like whatever their case may be. There's a couple of people in my class that are on um, WSIB. So whatever the case may be, they've collected our money and they're going to prorate it based on 16-week program for four months. And we've used two weeks of that 16 weeks. So I That's really I fucked up. That is really fucked up. I would have imagined, you know, the school's absolutely. closing like yeah. these people would get all of their money back. I mean, yes, yeah. you've you've used some, but it's useless yeah. to you if you're not going to go to another school. So yeah. that really fucking sucks. Like there is, really that sucks. is not a good option. Yeah. So where I want to go, there's options here, Kitchener and locally, but there's nothing in comparison to CCMH school and their curriculum and their program and the accredited college that it is. There's nothing in comparison that would want me to say, yeah, I'll go to Trias College or I'll go to Westervelt College or I'll go to Mohawk College, which is in Hamilton. You know, those are my options that are going to be presented to me locally. Mm-hmm. Sutherland Chan is in Toronto. And I, you know, that's another option that's been presented to us. Um, but that's an hour and a half drive for me. 
on a good day, <laughs> an hour yeah. and 15 minutes to Toronto, downtown Well, Toronto. you know what's even more screwed up? No one even knows what the landscape is going to be like at schools. Like, yeah. you're going to be presented yeah. potentially with these options, and we don't even know what schools are going to look like. Yeah, we don't know when schools yeah. are right? opening. So, we don't know if, you know, like yeah. Mark was saying yesterday, it's not like you can have 20 people you in a class when I we go back. I, That's not I, going to I, exist. I can't imagine no. that you would be yeah. able to. And then I can't imagine because as a therapist in my practice, there's going to have to be PPE and all the yeah. rest of it. So yeah. therefore, that has to be in the classroom, I would assume. Yeah. And student clinic. So schools might be operating so differently that yeah. they, they may be pres- like, when are you supposed to get these options? Again, uh, sorry if you said so. I'm already stoned. When no. <laughs> or you don't know when they're presenting you with these options yet? From what I understand, we were supposed to get them as soon as we submitted our claim form, which we were able to do today okay, and get so them in as soon as possible. But this is but a perfect I'm example. assuming within the next week. They will present us within the next week with options. So this is the so. perfect. This is a perfect example for how fucked up that whole scenario is, and it's no fault of anybody's at the end of the day, right? Everyone's just trying to do the best for everybody. But what would be so fucked up is you're going to be presented with, okay, well you can go to these schools if you want to, no problem. But you're basing your decision on how these schools operate now, or how you know them to have operated pre-COVID, yeah, right? Who Absolutely. knows what a school's going to decide to do, how they're going to yep. run their program? So you can't even make it an informed decision on where you and want it's, to go to it's a scary decision no matter what because again yeah. I think two out of the four options that she said are again private career colleges who's to say that they're not going to at some point decide fuck it we're out too like we don't know yeah. what's going to happen with all of these places yeah yeah, the difference with the other schools is that they have other programs to support the funding to go through courses and, and online teaching platforms, so they have funding coming in. Yeah. Um, whereas CCMH and Sutherland Chan are solely focused on massage therapy students, mm-hmm. and that's the only program that they run. So who's to say that Sutherland Chan isn't suffering financially? I can't speak for that. I don't know that situation. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. You, you were a group of 17. When you were in term one, do you know how many students roughly were in term two? while you were there? 24 students in the term two class ah, that I know. Okay. Okay. I was just trying to see if there's a trend in a decline in the number of enrollments. If you were term one and you were 17 and the term before you, you know, the term twos was 24. Well, they started less people in your term than they did the term before. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a greater number in the last, in the term before me. Right. Um, and as far as enrollment in, that was expected to be starting in term one would have started, um, May, if we had moved forward. I was just curious if there was a general decline in enrollment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and that's a huge factor too financially for him to say, you know what, we need to pull the plug because we just don't have enough people to enroll in the program. And, and that might be one of the reasons. But again, I don't know. I don't know the decision. So I know you can't speak on behalf of anyone else or your classmates, yeah. but you guys did all kind of have a meeting when, when this happened a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. What was the general feeling in that meeting and have you talked to people since the meeting today at one o'clock and has anybody's has anybody's mood changed or shifted are people feeling like they've got some sort of resolution are people more confused are people more pissed off what kind of sense of are you getting from people's emotional state right now the emotional state is absolutely a lot more deeper anger from a lot of people and, and it's surprising because i've had three days to absorb this and i'm trying to move forward other people are like, we need answers. We need to know why the school shut down. We need to protest. We need to, we need to discuss this. We need to like, we need to, we need answers. And, and they're not moving forward. Like, again, I'm not going to speak on their behalf, but they're angry 
and they're dealing with it still as an as an initial anxiety, as initial panic, and like we need answers. Let's not worry about moving forward, but let's get answers that we're never going to get. And that's, that's and the, even that's, if you get them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're I mean, not going to get those answers. That's I, just, that's I just understand mis- that. Misplaced anger. You know, it is the same misplaced thing anger. as dealing with a death. Why did she pass away? Why did he pass away? We, if we don't know the answers, how are we going to cope? If you don't move forward, you need to move forward with with a positive outlook and and look at your next steps and not look back. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 already it's coming at a time where everybody is already so angry and so confused and so yeah. stressed out because yeah. again, when when everybody got locked down and you know all of us had to stop working and close our practices, there was yeah. a lot of anger. But I remember even saying on one of the episodes, I'm like, I'm not even sure who I'm angry at though. Like, am I am I mad at the <laughs> virus? Like, I don't right. know. It's just yeah. This is a really yep. shitty time. And basically, this was like a fucking kick you when you're down, like spit in your face. You, yeah. you don't even have a school to come back to. So after going through all this and working online and, you know, having to adapt and deal with all these technical difficulties. Well, <laughs> now, you know what, we're just we're just going to call it a day. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for trying. Yeah. And the frustration is, you know, as I was texting you earlier, we, we were thrown this loophole. Like all of a sudden it's like it's done. It's tr- it's like it's over. It's like you don't have anything now. Like I've been like I was texting you earlier and I said I was so proud of CCMH for continuing because Trias College shut down, Westervelt College shut down. I don't know about other campuses, but they're they're shut down until August. Right. And I would have been and and I think as 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 a consensus from all of our students over the last three months, we would have all been cool with just shutting it down and continuing in in August. And we would have absolutely all. Of, I think there was a general consensus that we would have said, you know what, let's just shut it down and and finish this in August. Um, but the, but and I was so proud of the fact that CCMH had set an outline for us, a course program until June 15th. We returned to school. There was going to be support. There was going to be things to get us back on track, and 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 we would have been able to complete based on based on their their outline that they had created for us, given the emergency situation that we're in right now with this COVID. Um, and and it's really really disappointing that there was no communication since then about the fact, hey, guys, um, it, we, we're going to shut this down to till August or there was nothing. It was just a straight up email from our campus director saying, sorry, no, we're done. You know, and that and that was darkening. That was that was that was brutal, you know, to get that information like. Yeah, so I don't know where I heard right. it, but I did hear somewhere somebody said, you know, it's it they didn't go bankrupt. So, like, I know that this kind of scenario happens when companies and things go bankrupt, where there's absolutely no warning. It's like one day yeah. you go to work, the next day the doors are locked. Um, in this scenario, I, even the fact that you said, you know, the letter was like this. Ap- attached PDF from the campus director, you know, it wasn't dated, it was not a letterhead, like it seemed like, you know, somebody had just, you know, written it on their iPhone in their car. Those are my words, not Francis's, by the way. (laughs) But it seemed like it just came out of nowhere. Um, I guess you have no way of knowing this. But do you think this was something that had been in the works for a while? Or do you think this was like a quick decision? Um, Seeing that the letter was and um, signed off by Brian Goldstein without a signature or letterhead date. Um, I don't know where the directors were involved or the board of directors were involved in this. And there's there has to have been some sort of communication in the last few weeks as to the direction of choosing to pull the plug. Um, and it's frustrating because there was there was no direction from you know the board of director directors. It was personal from Brian saying, "Sorry, I'm pulling the plug." 
And as I look at it now from after the initial stress, anxiety, panic going into it, I'm like, Brian is a human being and he had to make a decision. And so yeah. is the board. And, and he had to make that decision, whether he delivered the message with a letterhead date signature designation of who he is. It, it The message came across the same message as it would have been had he put it in a formal professional letter. The message is still the same. We're, we're shutting down. Yeah. Whether it was because of financial decisions, I don't know. But if you consider the, the enrollment plan if you know if we if we had 10 students enroll in the august term one program he's you know if we look at it from a financial standpoint it's a twenty thousand dollar twenty twenty two thousand dollar program okay over four months if he only has 10 students enrolled that's normally supposed to be a 20 student program he's losing 250 uh 220 it's so hard right there it's so right yeah it's really hard to make money in in a massage school like that yeah so absolutely so you know it might not be the immediate effects of about the fact that I'm investing $22,000 into this program. It's about the fact that he doesn't have anybody enrolled in the program for August because of COVID and uncertainty and what's happening and people wanting to invest into a new education. It's about the fact that he just lost $20,000 because he only has 10 people enrolled for the program for August. I don't know. I'm just hypothetically speaking that, you know, that's a huge loss to take a cut on if you only have half. You're very rational, Francis, which I like because it's the the only way to be like you said there's absolutely no point in being upset about some of the things like you said whether he signed the letter or not the message is the same when and to be honest with you i know that it's really a shock when you get news like this out of the blue but it would have been a shock even if the letter said okay we're closing in two weeks in three like it it wouldn't really matter. Again, the message is we're closing. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to finish here. So yeah. it's almost better, maybe, I guess, rip off the Band-Aid. I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> what was a better way to, to let everybody know? I, I don't know if there was one. Yeah. The better Band-Aid would have had a plan implemented saying, okay, here's, guys, I'm really sorry this is happening to you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but um, you know, we have a plan for you in place for this school, this school, this school, and this program. We've been in touch with several other campuses. The, the, the conflict with that is that the confidentiality with other campuses and communicating with them at the same time. So, you know, I think it might have been easier to just pull the Band-Aid and just deal with it and, and deal with the ripple effect behind that. But There, there um, might be more. I mean, because uh, I don't know yeah. enough about running a school and how the ministry works and the requirements there. I mean, there might be things that they avoided because they didn't announce a closure versus yeah. they just immediately closed. I don't know. There might exactly. be something to that. And again, I, I can't remember because so many people were talking about this and I can't remember who said what or you know where I get this information but I had heard somewhere that like the the doors of the campus were being boarded up like they I don't know like did they not pay their rent or I, I have no idea we're not allowed entry um I've we've been told in the initial letter that we are allowed to go to school next week Thursday to pick up our stuff from our lockers like I have textbooks that I invested in and mm-hmm. and towel and and towels and bed sheets and pillowcases and stuff like that that I've kept in my locker and we're allowed to go there on Thursday to pick up our stuff um I don't know the whole all the details about that yet apparently that they're supposed to be able to communicate with us about that but 
Um, yeah. And then it's like, you're not allowed to come to the school right now. This, there's nobody at the school to, to accommodate you. There's no purpose in going there. Mm-hmm. And the, sh- the school will be shut down after, after 4 PM on, on, on Thursday and that's it. And it's done, you know? And, and to be honest with you, I'd rather deal with that bandaid than with, Oh, we'll be here for you. And, you know, and, 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 and a lot of faculty, a lot of um, counselors, and you guys spoke with Fatima uh, from our school back in October mm-hmm. and you know um, she's there for us and she's been supporting us you know gave us a personal email address to connect with her directly mm-hmm. but outside of the school correct uh, outside of school there is no connection whatsoever so it's all on a personal basis at this point if right. we connect with them you know um, so and and they're lost just as lost and I you know I they're just as lost they don't have a job yeah they're so, pretty lost especially like especially yeah. s- especially someone that's like the education director well, like like said, the campus director services. Tatum exactly Tatum, yeah. that was Tatum that's your full time job. job right yeah. your instructors yeah. and stuff they they've still practice they have other jobs it's those yeah. positions exactly it's those but even positions even the that ones that do have job like I mean I I talked to Fatima today you know obviously Mark and I reached out to her and we've been just checking in how she's doing amazing and yeah of course she has she has her practice but she poured most of her time totally get it. into ccmh into yes. so that was ccmh was her full-time job her practice was her part-time job so this yes. is definitely hitting I just her mean, you got you got a whole handful of people there that played vital roles at the school yep. that are really screwed right yeah yeah because yeah. they played such a heavy role yeah <laughs> it's yeah. kind of yeah. weird and you know somebody that's been a teacher there for 20 years they just lost their job it's like showing up at a factory and the doors are shut and you have no idea what's next yeah. you know like we've heard of that in the news well that ha- that happened to my father that's why i was saying when it comes to a company going bankrupt um i would say it was probably about 10 uh, maybe about 10 years ago my dad yeah. went into work he had worked at the same company it was a manufacturing company so he had worked in this shop for I don't know, something like 28 years. He shows up to work on a Friday morning and he had actually gone out on a run, um, like taken the company truck and he was out on a run. He showed back up at at the shop at four o'clock or whatever and everyone was clearing out their desks and their lockers wow. and he's like, what's going on? And then somebody just said to him, don't come in on Monday. This place doesn't <laughs> exist. Like that yeah. was it. And I mean, yeah. he had worked there for 28 years and wow. because the company went bankrupt and just shut the doors, it's not like he walked away with a severance or anything. It was just right now yeah. you have no job. Good yeah. luck to you. So, yeah. I mean, and I remember how devastating that was like for all yeah. of us, we were like, what yeah. the fuck? Like dad just doesn't have yeah. a job now. And, yeah. uh, I mean, obviously he picked himself back up and figured it out, but it was, it was rough for a little while. And so, yeah, all of these people that they don't have a plan because they didn't know they needed one. My dad is in the same situation. He retired, he retired last year officially on paper, but his factory job that he had had for 16 years, um, they knew three years in advance that they were selling out the company to a different company and they, they planned it and they offered severance packages, stay till the end, we'll give you severance. They offered, you know, people to look for other options and they planned it and there's a different direction in that way. And, you know, people knew for a long time to deal with it and, you know, find something new and we'll give you time and we'll work with you and all that stuff. But when you show up to a job and there's nothing there, or when you show up to a school and there's nothing there, it's kind of like the initial stage of shock and it's yeah. just like you need to adapt to it and, and move forward so it's a it's a challenge for sure you know my financial situation i'm pretty okay there's there's a student in my class who has three kids at home 
Um, I can't fathom what she's thinking right now. Um, you know, there's a student that's older than me in the class, um, who's dealing with this and, you know, she's gone her path for the last 20 years and she decided to go in a different direction. Um, you know, and then there's the brand new 19 year old students as well that have no idea that are still kids that live at home, you know, and, and, you know, having the experience that I've had in my life, I can move forward with this, but yeah. there's a lot of people that are, everybody has a different reaction to the emotion that they're dealing with at this point. So, well, before we move on, I want to, I want to ask Mark, like now that you've heard everything, do you yeah. still have advice for these students of what you would do if you were them? No, they're going to be presented with a whole bunch of options. I think that's I, whatever I have to say doesn't fucking matter at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we're just talking mindset, because as I said, Francis, you're very rational. That's not an easy thing to be. I mean, I actually always take it as a compliment when people tell me like you handle things very rationally and very diplomatically. and yeah. But it's because I agree with you. Sometimes there's no point in making yourself more angry or trying to place blame. It doesn't change the outcome. So at this point, yeah. everybody, if you're listening, you know, I, I, I can imagine how raw you are. I'm not trying to minimize your feelings or right. take away what just happened, but you know what the situation is being presented to you. There's no point in trying to get the why because it doesn't fucking matter. There's exactly. no point in trying to blame someone. Because right. it doesn't fucking matter. So at right. this point, it's it, it exactly what Francis is saying. You just need to pick yourself up and figure out how to move forward. If that yeah. means you take a few and months a of- to just do nothing and, you know, try to reflect and figure out what you find, but just move forward. There's no point right now in trying to understand this because in this climate that we're living in right now, nothing makes any fucking sense. And that's the thing. We've had a couple of months to adapt that everything's going to change in their futures, whether it's social distancing, whether it's PPE at the, at, at our offices, at the clinics, whether it's, you know, the financial situation, the market, everybody's situation is going to be different in one way or another. And, and honestly, I, Nothing affected me until Tuesday, uh, until Wednesday morning. Nothing, nothing. I was like, the school's still going through. I'm still in a financial situation. I still got my OSAP loan on May 6th, I think it was, for the second term. And, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm still moving forward. The classes are still going forward. And I was so happy about that. I was like, my, my mom and I, like we were talking, I'm like, you picked the best school to go to. And I've always wanted to go to CCMH. I just never had the financing or the willpower to go to school. Mm. Um, and, 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 and I'm now in that position where I've had 20 years of life experience where I can go into this with a rational decision, but now I, I have no idea what tomorrow brings. And that's, that's a fear that I definitely have is not knowing what's next for me. And, and, but I have to work on a plan. I have to figure out what's next. And, you know, I'm definitely, definitely, this has been my dream for 20 years. I'm not going to get given to a school closing down. I will look for the next uh, option. I will look for the next best, uh, best option. I will wait for the school or for the TCAF or yeah, TCAF to, to communicate with us and, and present us our options. And then I'll, I'll make a, a rational decision on that. Um, but there is people that are still angry about the fact that the school closed and don't have answers and they're, they're step behind, you know what I mean? They have a, they have so, a right to be angry. Like absolutely. they absolutely, absolutely have a right to be angry. Yeah. It's yeah. just at the end of the day, at some point you realize that the anger is is only affecting yourself. You know, it's yeah. like you're torturing yourself. So be angry, yeah. feel the feelings, and then figure out a way to pick yourself up and 
and see what you're going to do next because you can't sit yeah. and wallow in this forever. It just, it really right. fucking sucks. I'm, I'm sad yeah. about it. I didn't even go to CCMH. Yeah. Mark did, but I didn't. And when I heard it, I, I felt sad. I felt like this is like the end of an era. Like CCMH yeah. as a school, as, as Mark said, we always talk about it as being like, what was the terminology you used? What do we call CCMH? Legacy school. Legacy. Yes, the legacy schools. Like legacy. CCMH and Sutherland Chan, like I don't, I didn't know that there could could be a massage community without those two schools and now we're losing one it's really weird so on wednesday when after i dealt with the whole initial shock and, and pain and dealing with the classmates and what's next and all that stuff i went to home and i talked to you about this last night is that i honestly drank a bottle of wine before i went to bed at probably i think midnight or one o'clock in the morning and i and i went through facebook and i went through the rmto RMTAO Facebook group about the people that are affected in this indirectly because they attended uh, CCMH and how they're impacted because they went there 20 years ago. This is a school that's been in, in business for 74 years. And for them to just pull the plug in, in, in a three-month time span is absolutely shocking for everybody, not just myself. And I and at that point, I was like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not, you know, I'm I read through messages about people posting about it in the news and about how they, you know, oh, my God, I went to that school 20 years ago. You know, it's so sad. It's a, it's an end of an era. Yeah. And it, it, it absolutely has an, an indirect impact on people, you know, in the RMTA group, RMTAO group um, that, you know, were indirectly affected by this. But there was teachers that were te teaching there for 25 years. That was like, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. You know? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty shocking. Actually, speaking yeah. of the RMTAO group, because that is how uh, we ended up finding you because you yes. were pretty vocal in the group and, you know, yeah. expressing your feelings on the whole thing. Um, yeah. You had sort of mentioned to me briefly when we spoke last night that you were you were volunteering with the RMTAO group. Like you weren't just like a massage student. You were diving into this massage world. You're already in the Facebook groups. You're a student yeah. member. You're volunteering. Like you were really into this. So I was introduced to the RMTAO on April 29th when the vice chair did an orientation about who the RMTAO is as for RMTs of the future. Um, and I am now a, like within an hour, I registered online as a student RMTAO member. Yep. And I'm absolutely thrilled about this opportunity like not only to the, to get you know uh exclusive information about but also to have an insurance that you know if i need medical coverage that they're there for us if i need protection from you know if i make a mistake in the career rmtao is there for me and they also talked briefly about an initiative that they're working on and i'm not going to go into details about that their initiatives that they're working on um if they want to you know take that opportunity to volunteer or find out more information. Absolutely. Um, but I immediately went in, oh my God, I need to work with you guys on this. And I would love to work with you guys to find out more information about RMTs of the future, because there's a huge demand that hasn't been opened up yet for RMTs. And there's potentially more jobs out there for RMTs. There's a huge demand for RMTs in general, but there's also a niche where it hasn't been applied yet for RMTs. And I'm hoping to work with them on trying to get um, that initiative going with employing further RMTs into fields where they are not already in. And, and immediately my eyes lit up my, you know, I'm just like, I want to get involved in this. I want to, I want to work on, you know, a, a, a rare niche that it hasn't existed yet for RMTs. Um, and and hopefully I will be able to get that. And within two, within a day or two, 
um, I got response back from the board of directors of the RMTAO saying, yeah, we'll, we'll work with you. But right now everything is on hold because of COVID. We'll connect with you when, you know, things go back to normal again. And that's, I get that. So everything is kind of on hold right now. And, and, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my name out there and it's, I'm getting that recognition. So it's really cool. Well, I'm going to make a prediction because I I like to consider myself a little bit of a fortune teller and a psychic. No, I'm kidding. I have no psychic ability (laughs) whatsoever, but I mean, you've got the drive. You've wanted to be a massage therapist for so long that 20 years ago you were at CCMH and here you are 20 years later, still with this idea in your mind and you're already jumping in to you know volunteer with the RMTAO and whatever this new initiative is so I think if as long as you keep that fire burning just a little bit I think that you will figure out a way to finish what you started and when we get to go back to work whatever it's going to look like you will eventually be joining us with your your mask and your Lysol (laughs) my my initial goal was to work in a spa to work in hydrotherapy. So for me to go to another school like Trias or Westervelt where they don't teach hydrotherapy, my dream was kind of like that. No, nah, nah, that doesn't suit me. I need to go to CCMH or I need to go to the Sutherland Chance. So that's, those are my options at this point. And for me, you know, but, but since this RMTAO meeting and what, you know, what other options I have and as I'm learning in school about um, I, I literally last week, Steve uh, Ritarich, he spoke on CTV News. He's one of our professors. He spoke about, uh, he's my term two teacher for massage therapy class. And um, he spoke uh, to the CTV News about the school closure and the shock and everything. Um, but literally last week, we were sitting there talking about lymphatic drainage. And it wasn't until he taught that lecture, I'm like, that's what I want to do. And all of a sudden, I'm like, as I'm going through the school, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I'm finding new direction. And I'm finding about so many more learning opportunities. Beyond That's going to happen to you like 7,000 times, by the way. <laughs> wait till you get out of school. Oh, just wait. <laughs> I can remember being in massage school. And I would say every couple of weeks, I had a new business idea, a new direction. Yeah. And it still happens to me. Like just since we've be- begun the podcast, I've gone on this whole new path where I'm like, I want to become a doula. And then I did my doula training with Cindy McNeely, who was affiliated with CCMH. So she She's obviously feeling this as well. But I, you know, even now being in the field and I've been in the field, um, I'm in my 10th year now as a massage therapist and I'm still finding like new and exciting things because this career does offer you a lot of flexibility and a lot of different routes you can go down. Like there's so many niches and so many things you can do and there's so many different ways to practice. Our scope of practice is enormous. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. I understand why people want to do this. Can you tell that I miss work? Can you tell that I want to go back to work <laughs> just a little bit? Because, you know, I have the same passion that you do, Amanda. And and that's the thing is that we have a passion about something that we're, we're crazy about. There's so many different directions we can go in. We can work in special, different specialties, specializations. I mean, there's RMTs that are now chiropractors, osteopaths, physiotherapists, and, and, and they've all carried on from that initial root of RMTs or the basics of RMTs and learning anatomy and, and, and interested in health and caring for other people and we we are we are rmts you know we we have a passion for what we're wanting to do in our life i've had this passion for 20 years and i've you know i 
over the last 20 years, you know, my, my family, my friends are like, you should go to school for this. You should go to school for this because I was, I'm a natural. I have the touch. And some, one of my fellow students, she made a point today. She's like, it doesn't matter if you go to Trios college or if you go to Westervelt college, they're still going to teach you the basics to get the diploma you need in order to get your license. Thank you. Thank you. That is something that I think, I mean, yes, it's, there's something about prestige. I think, you know, these legacy schools, Sutherland Chan, CCMH, but at the end of the day, all of the schools that are registered with the Ministry of Training Colleges and Universities, they're all teaching according to the competencies that the CMTO has set out. As long as you pass your OSCE exam, your licensing exam with the CMTO and get that license, then you're good to go. I mean, what you learn in school, regardless of which school you go to, is really entry level. You know, that's why the field we're in is called a practice because you're constantly evolving. That's why we have to do continuing education. That's why Mark and I have a career period. Um, But (laughs) as long as you can get your license and you can go out and practice, it really, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's, there is something about going to a school like CCMA but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I went to a private career college that was um, just convenient for me. And yeah. you know what? I'm here I am. And I've been in the field for almost 10 years. So it doesn't matter. And 20 years ago, when I was looking at this career, honestly, the demand for RMTs were not out there. The demand when I started looking back into considering this option to get out of this part this full-time job that I had was paying me well, just above minimum wage. I was like, I need to do something different with my life. Um, is I looked at the the demand for RMTs and I'm just like, there's jobs, there's 30 jobs available in Kitchener right now that'll pay me, you know, 60 bucks an hour, 70 bucks an hour. I was like, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> so um, and and I don't know the the realm of the the availability, but you know, like the fact that we have the incentive with CSMH to get on board with uh, Massage Addict, which is local to us, they're offering us uh, tuition reimbursement for just because we went to CCMH if we stayed with them for a certain length of time. Um, there's so many different avenues into this field. It's like it's an open, wide open opportunity for me once I'm got once I've got my license, regardless of where I go. Well, keep the positive attitude, keep the passion, keep the desire, because. I think that some, like you said, you've, you've just been sort of taking whatever opportunities are presented to you. Something else will come up. If it's, if this is what you really want to do, this is what you're meant to do. Something else will come up. You'll figure something out. Exactly. Mark's just yep. looking at me like, okay, okay. <laughs> I think, I think the weed has hit him now. I, I figured he got pretty quiet for the last 20 minutes or so. <laughs> That's okay. I'll just have another glass of wine. <laughs> Man, I should have brought my wine. And he even said to me before we started recording, he's like, you just got that one glass. You're going to be okay. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to keep drinking. <laughs> well, that was a lie. <laughs> Well, he can go get that wine for you. We can keep talking. No, I'm kidding. That would be that would be normal. As soon as women start talking, Mark's just like, all right, I'm just going to sit back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just want to thank you guys for reaching out to me from a simple Facebook post. That that was absolutely phenomenal. I really, really, really appreciate the opportunity speaking with you guys. It's been been a pleasure. Thank you for talking about this, and thank you for waiting two hours to get started with all of the technical difficulties. Don't get me started. Thank you, Mark, for being MacGyver. (laughs) I can't stop trying to figure out why it didn't work. Why did it suddenly have issues tonight? Like I've been sitting here in my stone. Yeah, we've literally been doing this for (laughs) like two months now, recording from home and suddenly Aww. nothing worked. I'm sitting here like stoned as hell sore because I know you guys are talking and stuff and I probably zoned out a couple times. 
only because I'm staring at this piece of equipment going, why are you not working? <laughs> at least he's smiling now. I was, uh, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty scared that he was just going to like jump out our window or something. He was yeah. not, not too thrilled about this but thank you for being so patient with us tonight thank you for talking about this i really appreciate this opportunity i know you've got a couple of other meetings with other people as well through art or school and i'm I'm looking forward to hearing from them as well on on your side of things and thoughts and whatnot and yeah yeah well we'll keep you posted (laughs) so i will hand it over to you sir mark to wrap it up Oh my God, Francis! This has never happened in the history of Uh-oh. our podcast that he doesn't wrap it up. I don't. How I, like, long has it been in the history of your podcast that you had two hours of technical difficulties? You know what? You're right. This this whole thing doesn't make any sense. So fine, I'm going to end it. And for everybody listening, I'm going to end it the way Mark does, so that you don't get sad. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.